Hi, I'm Mike Sibley, leader of the James Moore Manufacturing Team. I'm here with Kevin Golden, one of my partners and a member of the James Moore Manufacturing Team as well. So welcome back, Kevin. Uh, looking forward to having a really good conversation with you today about roles and transition planning and how to get going on that and, and best practices. So again, we're going to be talking about business and the, really the importance of your role, the roles that financial statements and financial systems play in transition planning. But you know, first we want to step back and we've had these conversations before, but a lot of times when business owners are thinking of retiring, selling, or, or even passing the business on to the next generation, the planning for this starts really late, 11th hour even. And really the transition planning should start several years in advance to make sure we can maximize your return um, and, and really maximize the opportunity to transition the business. Uh, again, Today's focus is going to be more on the financial statements and financial systems, but we want to back up first and just give a little bit of a summary of, you know, why it's important and, you know, some of the other things you need to be thinking about along the way. So, Kevin, uh, if you could, why don't you just talk to us a little bit, why is transition planning important and, and kicking that off, you know, several years in advance? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Um, you know, I think we had a video not too long ago or maybe in the past about transition planning going into more in depth, but just a real quick reminder. Why is it important? Well, first of all, any type of transition is an extremely sensitive topic, right? It's not just, you know, okay, how much can I sell my business for? Who's going to take it over? How's it going to exist without me? Those things are important, but it's, it, it's hard to talk about. I mean, think about for most business owners have grown their businesses from infancy, right? Or maybe it's been passed down from generation to generation. And to think about not working in your business any longer, I mean, that's just hard as a business owner. I know that's hard for me. And I have been in there probably half the time that many of our clients uh, and people we talk to have been. And so that's you can't just, you know, step away easily. So, again, the more you start talking about that earlier, the better chances you have of succeeding and wrapping your mind around that. So, first of all, it's important because it's an extremely sensitive topic and it's sensitive for different reasons for different people. Right. So. The second reason is to make sure that what you want to have happen in the end actually happens and has a higher chance of succeeding, whether that's selling your business, passing it down, or whatever that may look like for you, for your employees, for everything you've worked so hard over many years to achieve, that actually happens. And that, uh, and that you know, transition time is as smooth as possible. Again, today we're going to be focusing more on you know, the financials and selling your business and things like that. But again, uh, that's probably the most important why to it. Um, and then, you know, let's kind of recap really quickly. What does this timeline look like? And what are we going to focus on today? Right. Um, so again, like I said, first of all, the first step is just to simply talk about it. This needs to happen probably four to five years out, sometimes even a little sooner, but at least four to five years out to successfully think everything through, make sure we're making the right decisions, right choices. And again, to simply wrap your head around no longer working in your business and what that may mean for you. So again, probably start having conversations, just preliminary high level conversations, four to five years out in advance of any sort of anticipated transition. Um, and then Mike, what, what about from there? What after, after we kind of do that very high level preliminary, what, yeah, what's so, our next step? Yeah. So one, one of the things we often talk about is begin with the end in mind. 
what what do you need to retire? What do you need the business to look like? What does the value of the business need to be? What's the money that the after-tax money that you would need to pull out to be able to live the lifestyle? Oftentimes when you meet with financial advisors and, and others, they'll say, whatever your lifestyle you're living now, plan on that lifestyle being your lifestyle afterwards. Because we don't usually see people uh, cut their spending in half or you know cut out a lot of the hobbies and things that they like to do. So we begin with the end in mind. And that's why really when we start talking three to five years in advance, we can say, okay, here's what the value is now. We can get an estimate of that value and say, okay, is this enough? We work with your financial advisors and we, and we say, okay, is this enough for you to retire? And if it's not, that's where the transition planning strategy comes in to say, okay, what do we need to do to get it to the level that you need it to be? So it's really important that we're, we're having those conversations early on and understanding what it is that we need to retire. The other thing is we want to be able to bring in potentially having conversations with key employees, uh, with you know other related parties. Maybe you have kids that are in the business. Is, are the kids going to take over the business, or are they going to transition, you know, with the sale of the company? And you know, those are conversations. Is it possible that some some of the kids could be running the company even in, after a sale, or are they going to take over the company? And run it. And a lot of times, uh, if the, if we are passing it down to the next to the next generation to the kids, there's some training. There's leadership. Can they run all the aspects of the business? Have they been involved in the business? But also, when we start talking about key employees, if a buyer comes in and they they don't see who can run the business without you there, that can actually reduce the value of your business as well. So, who are the key employees? What is the leadership team? you're going to want them to be able to help in transitioning that business to give confidence to a buyer uh, that that this business will continue not only continue but thrive and so there's a number of things that we want to plan on and if we don't have those things in place that's why we want to start three to five years out and and really start putting the strategy in place to make sure those those things are, are there so yeah. kevin i take it from there yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. Starting with that why. What do I want to see happen? Why do I want to transition? You know, for some people, that answer may be because I want the biggest payout possible so I can live that lifestyle that I'm used to. For other people, maybe so I, not only I can be taken care of, but maybe others, related members or employees they care a lot about and have brought along the way are taken care of, right? So there's a lot of different whys, and that's going to be different based on each individual and each business. But I really love that. Start with that why, then work your way to what do I need, then work our way back to, okay, now what do I need to do today to start pointing in that right direction down that three to five year time frame to successfully transition. So yeah, once you've done a lot of that, now you know it's time to say, hey, we, we've talked about what we, what, why we want to do this, what we need out of it, taking steps along the way. It's, now it's putting those plans in motion, right? So again, you, 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 usually in that timeline, you spent one to two years on, okay, what do we need to do? Getting, preparing, having those hard, tough conversations, good conversations, but tough conversations. Now it's time to deliver. So that's where we're really going to focus our time today. What can we do now in those last few years prior to that transition date, right, with our financials and other things to really prime ourselves? And for a lot of our clients and a lot of people who talk to us, they say, hey, I want to sell this business. I want to be done. I've worked hard, I've worked long, now it's time to enjoy the fruits of my labor and really you know, take a step back. 
But in order to do that, like most business owners, their retirement, their future is all tied up in their business, right? So how, what does that end game look like for me? And that's where we're really going to, uh, you know, start focusing today on is what can I be doing today? How can I make myself look better? What tools can I use today? Uh, even if maybe I'm further than five years out from that transition, what still can I be doing to make sure that I'm primed and looking good uh, where, where I want to be to help out when I do get to that point with transition planning and getting ready to sell or transition my business in the future? So uh, my, what, what can we be doing today with financials and tools and things like that to prime ourselves for the best transition possible? Yeah, that's a great question. And there's 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 several areas that we can look at that can increase the value of your business overall. And so the one we're going to be focusing on today is, is on the financials because, uh, you know, frankly, I, probably I spend probably half or, or more of my time working with companies on on getting their business ready, either getting them ready for sale or going through the selling process. And all too often we're brought in late in the game. And at that point, it's it's taking a quick assessment and trying to figure out where the skeletons are so you can work them out to, to try to get, put yourself in the best position possible to sell the business. But a lot of times I see a lot of failures in a deal to be completed because of a lack of confidence in the financial statements and the financial systems at play. You know, so backing up a little bit here, when we start the transition planning process, like I said, we begin with the end in mind and we look at, okay, what value do we need? What do we need to look like for a company to value at the end so we can get the money out that we, we need to retire? Well, we're also doing assessments and saying, okay, where's our strengths and our weaknesses? For example, we may have a very, very high customer concentration. That's a scary thing for a buyer if you have one customer that's say 60% of your business. You know, that we try to figure out how do we diversify some. Uh, we look at management team strengths and weaknesses. We look at uh, your your other your IT structures. We look at your financial structures, and we so we look at a number of things to say, okay, where are those weaknesses, and let's focus on those weaknesses, strengthen them up, and and then we can deliver probably a higher value when it comes time to sell. So getting back into the financial statements and the financials, so what you what a buyer is going to look for at a minimum is they're going to look back heavily at three years. They may actually go back and look at five, even 10 years, especially if by some chance in, in the last, say, decade, there was a recession. And why are they going to look at that? Even though it might be years and years ago, they want to see how, how the business did during the, a recessionary period. They want to see how resilient was it? How did you bounce back? Where did, where did the business go? How did the customers do? And how you responded? But most of that time is going to be focused on the last three years. And they're going to look at it three years, even by month. And then in the final, as they're doing their final analysis, they're going to look at what's called a trailing 12. So they're going to look at the last 12 months. And they want to see the consistency in financial reporting. They're going to want to see growth in revenues, possibly, certainly growth in net income and what we call adjusted EBITDA. So EBITDA is your earnings, your net income plus depreciation, income taxes, amortization, and interest. So they're going to want to see those numbers continuing to rise and how you're doing overall. And, and on top of that, where the business is going, what kind of backlog do you have? What kind of margins are you producing? Uh, are you consistent? You know, one of the things that, that can scare us, and, and sometimes what ends up happening, we have 
we have a company come to us and they had a great year and created net income like the company's never seen before. And on that one year, they want to sell. Well, that that's a that may end up proving to be a very difficult situation if you can't prove that you can continue that level of net income. They're going to want to see uh, consistent consistent growth. But if you have that one spike, they're going to you know what created that? Why did that happen? Was it a one-time event, or is that something that's going to continue? So these are all things that we need to evaluate. Now, many companies have audits, reviews uh, from outside accountants. And of course, that helps make sure that at that point in time, that you have solid financial statements that are accurate. And that's, and that's the goal there. But you know, they may not get into what happens on a monthly basis. And that's why I said that, you know, they're gonna look, a buyer will look and see how you are consistently so they can get some confidence in, in the, the level of the financial reporting. And especially if you have this due diligence period that's occurring on an off time, that's not at year end when your audit might be happening. So, you know, that's, that's why it's really important to not only look at a period, a point in time, but to look how you're doing over time. So how often are you closing the books? How accurate is the book? Are the books being closed? Are all your accounts being reconciled? And, you know, making sure that you have good, accurate financial statements, even on a monthly basis, will help produce confidence in the level of financial reporting and the due diligence. But let's talk about one of the most significant areas for manufacturers is typically inventory. How, how accurate is your inventory? Are you doing a periodic physical inventory? Are you doing cycle counts? Uh, so that way you can make sure the accuracy of the quantities that are on hand. And that's really, really important. Are you doing checks to make sure that your value, so the inventory, uh, the raw material prices are the most accurate prices uh, that you've been paying in a, in a period of time, whether you're FIFO, LIFO, uh, average cost, or any of these other costing methodologies, again, the consistency and how, and how accurate that is. Finally, you get into, you know, if you're working processing your finished goods, you have labor costs to be added and you have overhead costs and what's your costing model to make sure that your inventory is being accurately costed all the way through the all the way through overhead being applied properly. Uh, what's your overhead pool? So all of these systems become really, really important uh, to the process and to the consistency and accuracy of your financial statements. So these are the financial systems that I talk about. What software do you use? Do you have an ERP, MRP system? Or are you using QuickBooks with some add-ins? And it's okay either way, as long as we have uh, an accurate, consistent process that someone can come in, they can evaluate it, they can do their testing and say, yeah, we feel good about the numbers we're seeing. I can tell you over the last several years, I've had several clients who had difficulty selling the company because of inventory and inventory quantities and costing not being accurate. And then, and if your inventory is not accurate, your financials, your net income is not accurate. And if, if they can't get confidence in that, you're either going to get a very low valuation if the deal even goes through or the deal is not going to go through. And sometimes it can take another two to three years of working through the inventory to get it to a good spot. So that way you have a really good solid trailing 12 that a buyer would be willing to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in. So, you know, these are the things that you can be looking at and evaluating many, many years. In fact, 
if you're 20 years from selling, you should, these are the all the things that I listed out before are things that can make your business more valuable now. And generally speaking, if you're making your business more valuable now, chances are you're more profitable. And if, if you have good financial systems, you're getting accurate financial data and you can make better decisions. Uh, if, if your financial information isn't accurate, you might be making decisions based on very poor information that could be leading you down to make more decisions that are, make your business less profitable in the end. So that's so. So this isn't just a tool for making your business more valuable down the road and making sure that you get through a deal. But this is also something that can make you more valuable now and most likely more profitable. And if you're not profitable, at least you can dig into where is why am I not that? So Kevin, those are all, that's a very long winded answer to why it's so important. You can tell I'm pretty passionate about that because this is where I see a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of these deals go wrong. Well, and it's, it's, it's a, again, a great reminder that there's a lot that goes into these conversations, whether it's looking at financials, having those conversations with key people, uh, or just simply going through the process. Guess what? Unless you're an entrepreneur who sells your business every other day, or you're in some sort of PE group, um, you, you probably don't go through this very, very often. And so it's just, again, it's not something you want to find out at the 11th hour. Oh, we didn't do that. Oh, we didn't check this box, dot, dot, I cross that T and now a deal falls through. Again, we've seen that happen. Then outside, we've also seen where people have done their proper due diligence and planning and it goes great. I think a good kind of thumb in the air test is, is there anything about my own financials I currently don't understand? Because guess what? If you who worked in the business for 20, 30, 40 years don't understand it, I guarantee you someone looking on the outside in is not going to understand it or they're going to, it's going to give them pause, which again, may lead to a lower valuation or a deal not even going through. So that's a good uh, you know, thumb in the air. Of course, you know, uh, your professionals, advisors and so forth can help you look at you know, other things that you may need to look into. But again, that's just a good starting point. Also, keep in mind that sometimes during these conversations, there may be times where, hey, maybe uh, the, the, what's the best answer for getting ready to transition my company may not be the best answer in that year for me personally or from a tax standpoint or others. Again, we're big proponents of looking at the big picture and answering that why. Are, we, are the decisions we're making today, whether it's a tax-related, financial-related, other systems-related, pointing us in the right direction of that why if so sure maybe we have a tax outcome that's not as favorable as we'd like but in the end it's going to pay off right um so again making sure that you know why you're transitioning and what you're doing first and foremost then getting into these weeds and these details and again making sure you allow yourself enough time you may know you have a great product you have a great company and all that right but again we've got to tell that story we've got to paint that picture for outsiders looking in to say Here's what we have to offer, the widgets we sell, the processes we have in, in place and all that. You don't have to go in and do the legwork to figure out. We've done it for you, wrapped it up in a nice bow. Here you go. Don't you want to buy something like that, right? So that's, a, I think, a great uh, and, and is an area we're passionate in because, again, we, um, you know, it's, it's great, a great feeling when you're on that other side. It does go successfully. You sell it and then now someone's, you know, living the life they want to live afterwards um, and, and meeting all their goals they want to meet personally. It's a great feeling, both for us, for our clients, um, for the buyers. I mean, it, it just it's it's a win win in all situations. So, yeah, no, definitely something that, again, even if you haven't thought, hey, I might be in that four to five, even seven to 10 year time frame of one transition, 
just mention it, talk with somebody about it, get those wheels turning. So that way you can start digging into these things that again, hopefully in the long run and come time for transition to make you very, very successful. So, um, Mike, any, any final thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, great. I think, you know, the, the, the major thing I think besides taking away the importance of the financial systems and that impact is start thinking about it now, because you, even if you don't think you're for sale, I've seen plenty of companies where they get an offer and all of a sudden they're interested in selling because the offer was outstanding. Right. And sometimes those offers are all well and fine until they start digging into things. So my recommendation is, you know, whether you're three to five years away or even for do an assessment that I, like I talked about to look at the major areas that drive value in a business, particularly on, on the financial side of things, but do an assessment and go through and find out where your strengths and weaknesses are and develop a strategy to uh, build on, on those strengths and mitigate those weaknesses and, and, and maybe even to turn some of those weaknesses into a strong point for the company. So I, I recommend always getting started on that and, uh, and you know, you'll do wonders for, for your business. Um, Kevin, you know, thanks for all of your insights today. I, I think it adds a lot of value. This is, this is an extremely important area. So appreciate all the insights today. And, and uh, of course, uh, for everybody else out there, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, as always, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to Kevin or myself. And we're always happy to help answer questions or, or get you pointed in the right direction. And of course, I hope you have a great rest of your day. To learn more about James Moore & Company's manufacturing services, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our More on Manufacturing series to receive updates when new videos and podcasts are released. If you'd like to be a guest, or if there's a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, contact us on our website. You can also follow us on social media for more news as the landscape on manufacturing continues to rapidly evolve. Thank you.